Welcome to the Quick Mix Podcast. This is a podcast about cooking and baking competitive shows. I'm Q. And I'm M. On your marks. Get set. Podcast! A long time ago, in a tent far away, dot, 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 dot. Dun, 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 dun. Welcome back to the Quick Mix Podcast. I am Q. And I'm not sure anymore after the preview episode, but I think <laughs> I'm still M. You're still M, yeah. <laughs> okay. And this is our first episode recap of the season. We finally got to see all the bakers in action at week one. It was a pretty jam-packed episode. Lots of good stuff. Lots of good stuff, including the intro, which I... Very much liked. What did I you think knew, of the intro? I knew 100% after I saw this that you loved this. I also <laughs> loved this. It had everything that we needed in intro. Just some things from the intro. You, you get introduced to Matt as Luke Pie Walker. Mm-hmm. A play mm-hmm. on Luke Skywalker. Pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Rhyming Pie with Sky. <laughs> <laughs> Tons of puns in this yeah. one. No, as Princess Layer Cake. That was uh, good. Yeah. He had bagels in his hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my, my, my favorite was uh, Prue as Prue Baca. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> when I heard that. <laughs> she made that noise. Yeah. yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best. That for the sure. Best. That, yeah, Prue, for sure. Prue stole the show on this. That that sold me on it. Uh, Paul as Dark Baker. Also pretty good. Yeah, that was good, too. Yeah. He cut Matt's pie with his lightsaber. And then Matt goes, you just burnt my pie. And Paul goes, it's fine. It's just a little on the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think people don't think of like Paul as like a funny guy, but I think he's pretty funny. He just has his, like his style of comedy is like he's he's kind of serious about it, but in the but he's funny. I think he's, he's he has like comedy chops. He, yeah, he was the star of the ep for me actually. Paul, we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk more about that because of his staring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's just do it. We have a jam-packed episode. We should just get right into the episode, right? Let's. All right. So in the intro, they say, after two years in XX, Bake Off is back in Welford Park, Welford Park, back to the original location of Bake Off. I didn't really notice that they were in a different tent the last couple of years, did you? I I can't really tell because... The tent looks the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they could put that anywhere. And yeah, I'd be like, they're true. in the tent. Um, we hear from some of the bakers before they actually enter the tent. First off, we hear from Abdul. He says, when I came in, I can see the edges of the tent. It's almost here. I am just a few steps away. Don says, it was like falling down a rabbit's hole and the Mad Hatter is going to come running around the corner. Sandro, looking very spiffy. Sandro is nicely dressed man. Sandro. Sandro says, I couldn't wait to walk into that tent and feel what it's like to be one of those people. I never wanted to be in a tent so bad before. And then we hear some opening narration from across Britain. Or Britain thousands of the best home bakers applied. Only 12 have made it. Maxie says, I've always wanted to apply, but I never thought I'd make it. Now I'm here. 
Good job on applying, Maxi. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it took. Carol says, I work in a supermarket. Things like this just don't happen to me. And Yanush mm-hmm. says, you cannot believe this is real. Uh, Shabira says, my partner said, fake it till you make it. And that's what I'm doing. And then we hear from Rebs. Rebs says, I'm intrigued to see if Paul's eyes are as blue as people say. They look into your soul. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like a little, little bit of the baker's personalities before they actually enter the tent. So we were pretty off on at least two of the names, and now we're closer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Shabira. Yeah. And Yanush. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> That's part of the fun of episode one. <laughs> yeah, because we, we read the descriptions and the names and everything about these bakers, but we didn't actually really get to hear their names pronounced and see them in action. And yeah, it might be different than you expect. Very different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not even close. On no. <laughs> uh, shall we just get into the signature? Let's do it. All right. First signature of the season. Noah welcomes everyone to the tent and introduces the signature, which is to make a batch of 12 mini sandwich cakes. Matt says, you have one hour dot, 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 sandwiched. Between two <laughs> half hours, you have two hours, which is pretty funny. That was good. That was good. That was good by Matt. And then we get our first ready, set, and bake to kick off the season. We hear from some, some of the judges. Prue says, this looks like a simple challenge, but what they're really looking for is a bit of originality. They have to be absolutely identical and absolutely delicious. Paul says they can choose any sponge they want, but we want it to be small, packed with flavor, and full of their personality. I guess there's only two judges. I don't know why I said some of the judges. We hear from the <laughs> judges. It's Paul and Prue. <laughs> Our first baker is Abdul. He's making a cakey cacti, which contains chili, which is interesting for the, I, I mean, for cake, I would say. <laughs> but yeah. Abdul seems to know what he's doing. Abdul is a software engineer. He is a keen dancer who likes to Mindy hop with his girlfriend, Christine. There's like some footage of him dancing. He looks really cool and they're having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a Mindy hop is? I think it's a type of dance, yeah. That, yeah, I mean, context clues would say that. <laughs> <laughs> Abdul was born in Saudi Arabia and is now in London. And he hasn't seen his family in three years. His cake, uh, his cakey cacti, Contains raspberry jam and mascarpone in between chocolate sponge and has a chocolate and hazelnut exterior. We also get we also get a funny moment where Abdul says he loves plants, although he has killed many. Right. <laughs> and Noel says he's his favorite botanical serial killer. And then Prue, also funny, says you always hurt the ones you love. That was a good segment. Pretty pretty good pretty good stuff from these guys. Mm-hmm. During judging, Prue says that his cakey cacti looks absolutely delicious. Paul says it's almost an illusion, which he likes, because it looks like a garden. After they bite into it, they say it's very light. And you get a little kick of chili. Um, you also get the raspberry, and the hazelnut is beautiful. Paul says he's impressed, so a very good start for Abdul. Mm-hmm. I like this. 
Yeah, it did look like an illusion cake. A lot of dirt. So you might be really good at illusion cakes if he gets that far. If he gets that far. Pretty sure he will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up next we have Carol, our supermarket cashier. She's from West Country. Born and bred, she lives in Dorset with her husband, Michael. We had learned earlier she's a keen gardener, and she's affectionately known as Compost Carol. Compost Carol. Mm-hmm. Her bake is called To Be or Not To Be. Very good. As in the insect, yeah. Yep. It's lemon curd filling and lemon juice and a buttercream with zest. Poppy seed sponge and fondant flowers with decorative bees on the top. She lets us know that she's a classic baker and not one for exotic ingredients. And I am Team Carol, but did you notice that she was brushing off her plate long after time was called? Yeah, hmm. I noticed that. But it might just have been editing. Mm-hmm. Or she could have cheated. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they seem kind of lax on the rules because there's no real, like, cash prize or anything. It's, hmm. yeah, it's all for prestige. True, true. During judging, Paul did say it looks great and that he loves the decoration on top. He said that there's enough lemon because you also get it through the curd as well. And it's nice and sharp. Prue said that it was so cute and she loved the colors. They're absolutely classic flavors. So right on brand there. It's nicely balanced. And what's not to like? Overall, I thought hers was one of the better ones for sure. Just by appearance and by taste. Yeah, the, the bees look really cool. Even though I didn't taste it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey. All right. Uh, next up, we have Don, who's making lime, coconut, and tamarind spring cakes. Uh, Don describes tamarind as an earthy flavor, and she's using coconut-flavored sponges. So Don was a former project manager for Boris Johnson. She says she didn't work directly for him, but she has met him. Matt says her... Her hair is similar to <laughs> Boris Johnson, but um, his face is similar to Boris Johnson. So they kind of joke that they make a hybrid Boris Johnson. But kind of like a fun tidbit is that if you notice, or do you remember like two seasons ago, the season opener was Matt as Boris Johnson, mm-hmm. giving him like a, giving like an address. Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of like a callback to that opening two seasons ago. That was pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and Doc, it seemed true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hybrid Boris. Um, Don also makes figurines, which looked very detailed, but a little bit creepy for me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, <they were. laughs> yeah. Didn't she have one of like her granddaughter there playing with it? Yeah, it was like a frog in a hat or something. <laughs> yeah, it was very detailed but and very big. Agree, it's yeah, slightly creepy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, during judging, Prue says her lime, coconut, and tamarind spring cakes. At first glance, look absolutely delightful, but if you look closer, there are a few problems. It's a bit wibbly. So I'm assuming wibbly means wobbly. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Paul says the tamarind works well with the coconut, and overall, there's a really nice taste to it. It's an original cake. How did you feel about it? I thought it looked okay. Yeah. I like I like ta- I like tamarind. I used to eat tamarind candy growing up. Oh, tamarind candy. Yeah. Hmm. What does like, it taste like? It's really hard to describe because it's it's like a very how do I describe tamarind? 
Is it fruity? <laughs> it's, it's fruity, but also earthy. Hmm. Like citrusy fruit? No. no. Yeah, I think you just have to taste it. I'll bring in some tamarind candy sometime. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. So up next, we have James, our nuclear scientist. He's making sticky toffee apple candles. He's originally from Glasgow, and he's been baking since he was five years old. So we know he's 25, so he's been he's been baking for 20 years. Yes. Can't do, can't do math. <laughs> <laughs> can't do math. We're always bad at math at, on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a passion matched only by his love of 80s horror films. Love it. I love 80s horror see movies. Him, we see him <laughs> in his horror greatness. He'll, he's going to add warmth to his cakes with ginger in his apple jam and nutmeg in his buttercream. So we also see that he's wearing a kilt that he wore for his graduation. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. I thought it was cool. Yeah. He has a, like a cool Irish accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's cool. Cool guy. I'd probably hang out with him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. However, during judging, Paul <laughs> says the pipework is like a blob. What is that? <laughs> to which James replies, who knows at this point? <laughs> During tasting, though, Prue says that it's beautiful and absolutely sticky toffee pudding, but better because it's got the ginger. Hmm. Paul said that they figured he can bake, but he needs to concentrate on the detail. Hmm, storylines. We have some themes coming up. Yeah, here, right? we have a couple of like, storylines on like, what do we, we used to say it was? It was uh, substance. Over style, over, yeah. over style, over substance. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll keep an eye on that. It's, uh, it's popping up again. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Yanush. Did I say that right? Uh, better than last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yanush is making pistachio and cherry vodka liquor with Zetska, which is filled with pistachio cream and cherries and has a layer of chocolate ganache. So Yanush is a PA. He lives in Brighton with his boyfriend, Simon. And he has a sausage dog named Nigel. We see a lot of dogs this episode. Yeah, yeah, they're all they're all very cute. Mm-hmm. Like they could keep showing more clips of the pets. <laughs> um, Yanush has learned many of his Polish recipes from his mum, Eliza. Um, when Yanush is kind of describing his bake, Paul says his bake is like a Polish black forest because it has cherries soaked in booze, and Yanush. Said he was thinking of Paul, and that's when Paul responds with, "You've done your homework." So Paul, um, if you watched the previous episodes or the previous seasons, he loves Black Forest cake, mm. and this is one of the things that I always thought about. Like if I were to go on the show, mm-hmm. I would definitely watch the last like all the seasons, and just make notes on what Paul likes and just make those bakes. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. He's also got that liquor in there. Yeah, so and that's for proof, right? <laughs> yeah. He's he's got him covered. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. He knows what he's doing. Uh, during judging, the judge says that his pistachio and cherry vodka liquor Wudzetska looks amazing and is neat as a pin. They say the sponge is very light and boozy, which Prue says is perfect. However, Paul says it's too boozy hmm. and it's overwhelming, but texturally it's perfect. So a little bit too boozy for Paul, perfect for Prue. That happens kind of a lot, though. Yeah, I think that, at the end, line. it happens again. But then at the end, there's a bake where Prue says, this, okay, this is too boozy. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is too much. Yeah. yeah. There's a fine line of booze, booziness between 
Paul and Prue. Oh yeah, right? definitely. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. that balance is, I, I don't know where it's at. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. All right, up next is Kevin, our music teacher. He's making mini Persian love cakes. He has a large Persian community at his church. So it's a tribute to their faith and their friendship. He lives in Lanarkshire, Scotland with his wife, Rachel, and their dog, Judy. He professionally plays clarinet, flute, and saxophone. Very talented. He is. And he also teaches, yeah? Yeah. So his bakes will be full of Persian flavor with rose Swiss meringue buttercream, rosewater sandwich between layers of pistachio, almond, and cardamom sponge, and then topped with gold leaf. So he was pretty bold. We all know that rose water is a... It could be a tricky element. Yeah, because if you add too little of it, you can't really taste it. Mm-hmm. But if you add too much of it, it gets really overwhelming really quickly. Right, right. So I was pretty impressed that he was going to come out the gates with the rose. So during judging, Paul said that they looked very good, pretty consistent. And after tasting, he said he's got too much in it, which pulls all the moisture from the cake. So it's very, very dry. Prue said that the rose is perfect, though, and the cake itself is a bit heavy. So a little bit of a mixed bag there. Yeah. But the rose part, he did get right. All right. Uh, speaking of pistachio, next we have Mason, who's making pistachio cakes with raspberry buttercream. And it also contains raspberry jam. Mason was born in Libya, and she is this year's youngest baker at 18. She's also a design student. There's kind of a moment when she's cutting her sponge. They get crumbly because she cut them while they were still hot. Ooh, yeah. Which is always not good, right? Mm-hmm. During this, when she's doing this, Paul is just like standing behind <laughs> her, like glaring at her. Yeah. <laughs> which is kind of funny, Ooh. but also I could see uh, how that could be intimidating. Um, she also remarks that she hopes to hide it with buttercream. But I'm like, Paul's right there. <laughs> he sees yeah. everything. Yeah. However, when she tries to make her buttercream, it also like it splits, which uh, gives her a little bit of frustration. But she eventually remakes the buttercream and tries to hide the sponge. Uh, during judging, the judges are not fooled. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh, the judges remark that they don't look great, which uh, Maya Sim agrees with. Paul says the sponge is delicious, um, however crumbly, and the Swiss meringue is lovely. Prue says she didn't think there was anything wrong with the flavors. However, it looks a mess. So that's definitely... Um, she needs to work on her... A little bit of a rough textures start. Textures and presentation. Yeah. All right, up next we have Maxie, our architectural assistant. She's making mango magic mess. Swedish-born Maxie is passing on her passion for baking to her daughters, Tyra and Talia. She's giving our Eden Mest inspired cakes a tropical twist with mango and passion fruit coulis and a mascarpone between layers of vanilla sponge topped with tropical fresh fruit and again gold leaf. Apparently, gold leaf is the topping of choice. Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> could just put it on. It looks very, it makes, it elevates everything very nicely. Yes. I would put it on every bake. Right. Until they told me to stop. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, stop doing all the bakes that we like and stop putting gold leaf on everything. Right. All right, during judging, Paul said, in your world, mini is a curious thing. That's huge. But in all fairness, I thought a lot of them were pretty big. Yeah. Didn't you think like uh, most of them were on the larger side? Yeah, I think, I think they were. All right. Well, when they cut into it, it gets everywhere. 
However, Maxi replies, and I think this is genius, that it has mess in the title. <laughs> it's literally called Mango Magic Mess. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> That's good smart. good marketing, right? That's pretty smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Paul says that the cake is quite dry and it could have done with less bake on it. However, there's nothing wrong with passion fruit sponge and a meringue. Proof said that the combination of flavors is beautiful and they both said, well done. So overall, pretty good for Maxi. Nice. Next, we have Rebs. Rebs is making hazelnut mocha latte mini cakes. It has chocolate ganache and a hazelnut spike and a very highly caffeinated sponge. <laughs> so we learned a little bit about Rebs. She used to work as a barista. Mm -hmm. And uh, hazelnut mocha latte is what her boyfriend used to order when he would go to the cafe she was working at and try to talk her up. So that's kind of like a rom-com, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rebs has been baking since she was three, and she is now studying for her master's in business. She has dogs. So I think a couple of dogs, they look very cute. And uh, <laughs> at one point, um, when they're talking about her bake, Paul asks her if she's practiced her bake. And she says yes. And Paul asked her, well, what do your friends think of the bake? And she says, everyone has different tastes. <laughs> Which doesn't sound like they all liked it. Right. <laughs> Um, during judging Paul, yeah, Paul and Prue say that the caramel is runny and they say it's kind of messy and they asked if that was intentional, which Reb says it wasn't intentional, which is the wrong call here. <laughs> you should have done the, the, the maxi approach and just say like, yeah, it was, it was meant to be like that, but <laughs> Reb's is uh, too honest and she says it wasn't intentional. It was called runny hazelnut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, she should have called it that. <laughs> Uh, Prue also says there's enough coffee in her cake to keep you awake at night. And Paul says the coffee overshadows the other flavors and the ganache is too hard. Overall, they say the looks are very good. It's very neat. However, she needs to be more careful in the flavors. So kind of a rough start for Rebs. So she's been baking since she was three? Yes. Okay. And she's 23 now? So she's 20 years baking also? We're doing on-podcast life math here, guys. <laughs> uh, I need calculator. Yeah. What percentage of her life has she been baking? Ooh. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> it just seems there's like a lot of five-year bakers, right? Yeah. And then now we have a couple 20-year bakers. Although, like, when you're three... Uh-huh. I know where you're going. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just like... Uh, I'm, I'm just going to say, like, when you're three to five, like, you might not be, like doing all the aspects of baking, you know? Okay. So yeah. we can only count ages 6 through 23. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. Up next, we have Sandro, a nanny. He is making a bite size of love. We learned that he's a fitness fanatic. You but, can, you, but no you one had to, to tell us that. that. Yeah, no you can just look at him and Nobody you're like... Nobody had to tell us. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have to tell that to us. We would just, we would right. just know. Right. I was like, really? Fitness, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he tells a story of that when he first met his partner, that when they'd see each other, he'd give them a white rose. So he's making chocolate flower pots filled with chocolate and orange sponge with a rich red wine ganache from which delicate sugar roses will grow. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. During judging, Paul said that they do look amazing. He loves the color, loves the pot, the soil. 
the red wine ganache works beautifully with the raspberry. It's rich and indulgent. Well done. Hmm. Proves that it's really clever to get all that in there and that the flavors are really, here's that profile again, punchy. Punchy. Yeah. So I think it's not like fruit punch. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. I mean, it looked really cool. It looked like one of the coolest like sandwich cakes. Yeah, when they cut it in half and you can see everything in there, it was really, yeah. it was really nice. It would be good on like IG. Yeah. Or TikTok or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Uh, next up, we have Shabira, who is making coconut, pandan, and caramel mousse cake. She describes pandan as an Asian vanilla. And I got to say, like, everything that Shabira baked in this episode, those are the flavors that I would actually gravitate towards. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I love pandan. I, I know there's something coming up later you love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Shabira was born in Malaysia. She now works in London in cardiovascular research. And she, after work, she games with her boyfriend, Bradley, who, um, it seems like they're playing some kind of first-person shooter. Yeah. And she, she's like headshotting him, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is very cool. Yeah. Um, she also says she's going to make a caramel bomb that when the judges bite into it, the caramel explodes. <laughs> During judging, Paul says that um, her bake could be neater. However, he loves the vibrant colors. Prue says the flavors are all interesting and impressed by the way that she put the custard on top of the cake. Uh, Paul, Prue, and Matt taste the sugar bomb or caramel bomb. And they say it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Paul says it's gooey and unctuous. Prue says bomb time. And Matt just looks very happy. So, <laughs> good job. Good job, Shabir. It was good. It was good. Yeah. All right. Finally, we have Will. Okay. During, during his package, it says that he's a charity director from London. Uh-huh. And he has his wife, Allison, and three children, Max, Verity, and Louis. But on his profile, it says former charity director. <laughs> maybe <laughs> he stopped to do big off. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. All right. Will's making ginger and caramel squares. Right off the bat, we learned that Will forgot to switch on his oven. Uh-oh. Not good, Will. That happens a couple times this episode, though. It does. All right. His salty caramel swirl buttercream is going to stand out from the crowd as his cakes contain no less than three different types of ginger. (laughs) At first, I thought it was like three types of ginger, like like three varieties, but it was more like three forms of ginger, right? Like fresh ginger syrup, stem ginger, and ginger powder. Yeah, yeah. Also, unfortunately, his buttercream split twice, yeah. to which it takes him a half hour to do one batch. So he had to do it three times, yeah. which in itself is an hour and a half of the two hours that they were granted, on top of the fact that he did not turn <laughs> his oven on, right? Right. Rough start for Will. Pretty rough there. Yeah. During judging, Paul says, it's a bit messy, He's, he did admit that his buttercream didn't go to plan twice. To which Prue says, the, it's the curse of the tent. Mm. She says that she thinks it's a bit disappointing. Paul does say it's a bit bland. There's ginger, but not enough. Yeah. There's a caramel undertone, but it's got no... Okay, this is a thing this season. It's got no hero in there, which is what it needs. Yeah. Apparently, hero flavor is a thing this season. Yeah, I think it's right? going to be a thing. 
<laughs> There's a criticism later that has the same concept yeah. on, an, on, an, on a different baker, not on Will. Yeah. yeah. But Paul said, besides that, it's brilliant. And then he says, never mind, Will. <laughs> so, rough start for Will. I think Will knew it from the jump. Yeah, we get some after remarks um, after the signature. Janu says, that went well, although there was too much booze in my cake. Shabira says, it was very nice when people say your food is good. And Will says, it's interesting to have a disaster in your first challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, uh, we're off to the technical. All right, so up next is the technical, and this week it's set by Baby Paul, according Baby to Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Paul gives us some words of advice. He says, it's a classic. Concentrate on your sponge. Matt tells us that Paul and Prue are going to be cryogenically frozen. <laughs> <laughs> That's because Star Wars happened to Han Solo. It did, yeah. yeah. I remember when I was a kid, we had the little figurine. We yeah, put it frozen Han Solo? No, well, we had the fi Han Solo figurine, uh -huh. and we put it in a glass of water, and we stuck oh, it in the freezer. That's pretty good. We stuck it in the freezer. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and then you pretend like you were a Jabba the Hutt, and you just kind of like held him ca in captivity or something. Yep. Yeah. All right, moving on to Red Velvet Cake. <laughs> <laughs> this week's technical is Red Velvet Cake. The All-American Layers. <laughs> All-American Classic. I did look it up. It was made in America. Hmm. Yeah. Good cake. Uh, yeah, cake should be, should make a, make a big impression on both the eyes and the palate. Mm -hmm. Then Matt does an interesting impression of Paul, where he tells everyone they're a good baker. <laughs> Did you get this reference? He's no. like, "You're a good baker. You're a good baker." No, nope. I, I don't know what he was referencing. Okay, I don't either. Maybe if, like Oprah. But... That's what I thought at first, but I was like, hmm, "I don't know." He's not giving away anything. If you guys out there know what he was referencing, can you let us know? Yeah. Uh, just send us a DM on our Instagram at Quick Mix Podcast. All right. So their classic cake should consist of six tender, moist, crimson red sponges sandwiching a smooth, fluffy cream cheese icing sprinkled with red crumbs to tie in that red velvet finish. They have two hours until they def defrost Paul and Prue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Paul gives us a little bit of insight here. He says the advantage is that everyone will know it. It's quite a light chocolatey cake with the use of vinegar, buttermilk blended with bicarb. So there's the rising agent, and actually there's also the flavor. So mm -hmm. it has a distinctive tang to it, which I know you like. I was kind of confused when he said it was like chocolatey. Because mm -hmm. when I think of chocolatey, I think of chocolate. But maybe right. it's just more like the texture of it. It has cocoa. Mm -hmm. So okay. I think that's it's, it's not quite chocolatey chocolate, but it has cocoa, mm -hmm. right? So, All right. So... There's coloring to dye that vibrant red inside. However, they don't tell the bakers how much food coloring to use. Mm. So adding too much <laughs> will make the cake far too dark. Yep. We definitely see that. And then here's another challenge that we're going to see, and that is Prue tells us that the proportion of cream cheese is higher than in most sponges. Mm -hmm. So Paul says it's a big cake. They want that height. Yeah. So the thickness of the cream cheese is critical because that's really what gives it that height. Yep. All right, so I'm going to cover the bottom three, <laughs> the technical. Mm -hmm. In last place, we have James. Um, James's red velvet cake, they say the decoration looks like, or proves that the decoration looks like a wedding hat. So James, he, he went kind of extra, and he made like little, like he pipes a bunch of little pieces around the red velvet cake. 
Yeah, and he it put it on the outside of the cake, yeah. <laughs> not on the inside of the cake. And I don't know what a wedding hat looks like, but it looks kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Paul says he did not like the piping. <laughs> Straight up, I did not like the piping. Yeah. Um, they also say the cream cheese should have been put in all the layers. And because it wasn't, the, the cake lost a lot of height. Mm-hmm. Overall, they say the sponge is all right. It's just not what the judges wanted. So, yeah. Last place, James in the technical. Uh, next and last place, or next to last place, in the 11th place, we have Rebs. Uh, they said her red velvet cake didn't have much height, and it needed to be a lot higher. Mm-hmm. They also said it's not very light, and it was very claggy and slightly undercooked. Baking cakes is not her thing. Rebs? Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Like the timing has not been there. Unfortunate for Cake Week. Yeah. <laughs> um, in 10th place, we have Maxi. They say that her cake is attractive. However, the cake was also undercooked. And she used too much red. <laughs> it was like super red. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the bottom three. All right. Before we get to the top three, in ninth place was Will. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And who was in eighth place? Let's see. Carol was in eighth. Mm-hmm. Yanush was seven. Yeah. Abdul was six. Mm-hmm. Myson was five. Yep. Kevin was fourth. Mm-hmm. And then in third place was Don. Don. Right? She yep. did pretty well. Paul said that it's smooth, but it's not that tall. Not much cream cheese filling in there. And that the cream cheese should almost be equal to the cake to keep that height. Mm-hmm. Prue did say that it cuts nicely, it tastes good, and it's soft with a little bit of tart. So overall, pretty good for Don. In second place, we have Sandro. Sandro. So right from the jump, we learned that he does know what a real red velvet cake was. That's, so the two people who admitted that they knew what red velvet cakes were, they did well. Yeah. So during judging on Sandro, Paul said that it's a little bit too much on the crumb. That's on the de- decoration. Mm-hmm. However, it's neat, though, and he likes the sponges. Prue said that it's got a nice zing. And at the end, she said it could be a tiny bit higher, but it's a good cake. And then in first place was Shabira. Shabira. And she said that it's a sentimental cake. It's the first cake she ever made. Yeah. So she definitely knew what she was doing. Yep. During judging, Paul said that he hopes it's good on the inside as it looks on the outside. The height of the cake is good and that this is what we're looking for. Said it's nice with the light crumb dusting around the edges. And it's got a lot of cream cheese in there. That's it. Prue said that uh, the definition is perfect, nice layers, very nice, and even said, like, should they go home now? Because this was it. Shabira, <laughs> Shabira by far was the best one. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, I think even later in the episode, Paul says that, that her cake, her red velvet cake was almost, or it was better than his. That's, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. All right, at the very end, we get to hear from some of our contestants. Shabira says that her heart just melts. And that she says that if she's upset, she'll cry. But if she's happy, she'll also cry. Yep. <laughs> Sandro said that he's happy with second. And then he says, second is kind of first, isn't it? No. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the definition that of was, second. That was, that was probably one of my favorite <laughs> quotes of this. <laughs> second is kind of first, isn't it? If Will you're said, not first, you're last. <laughs> hmm. All right. You have opposing views. Ricky Bobby. Right. <laughs> Will says it wasn't um, it wasn't the roasting nose, but it's got to do for the showstopper. He's mm-hmm. got he's got a lot to do for the showstopper. Yeah, yeah, he it does. It wasn't the best for Will. Yeah, 
Yeah. Reb says that it was a disaster mm. and that she's lucky she just wasn't 12th. But there's still another bake. She will pick herself back up and make sure she, her cake's flipping well cooked the next time. Yeah. So, yeah. Will and, and Reb's not too good there. That's yeah. two in a row where Will struggled. Yeah. We also get a round table at, at this point in the show. And they say that Rebs and Will are in trouble, which makes sense. And uh, they also say Mason had a tough signature. They say in line for Star Bakers, Abdul, Yanush, Sandro, Shabira, and Shabira's red velvet cake was better than Paul's. <laughs> and this is the only roundtable that we get during the episode. There's no roundtable after the showstopper, just because I think they're, they're short on time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get into the showstopper. All right, for the first showstopper of the season, the bakers are tasked with making a 3D replica of <laughs> their own home. Coming out hot. I know, in 3D. 3D. <laughs> and we always have a running joke on this podcast that technically every bake is 3D, so they don't need to say it's 3D. But they keep on saying 3D. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't, because I guess if it's, it's tall, then it's 3D. I don't know. But then the red velvet cake should have been 3D. And the sandwich cake should have been 3D. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I was hyped for it, though. Yeah. You know, when they say yeah. 3D on this show. We're like, oh. Uh, we're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they say the cake home must look like a somewhere special where the bakers have lived. And it must have special meaning to them. And they say the cakes need to be so good that Paul can live inside it for a week. <laughs> The bakers get four hours on this challenge. We get a little insight from the judges. Paul says, it could be anything. It could be a cottage, a block of flats, a bungalow. Whatever it is, he wants details. And he definitely wants to see things like window panes. Cruz says the most important thing is that it's solid. She doesn't want the roof blowing off. Which I don't think happens. Because it's not windy. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty mild in the tent. Yeah, it's pretty mild in the tent. First up, we have Abdul. He is making a summer in Pakistan cake home. It is his grandparents' home in Pakistan. He's using a masala chai sponge with mango and saffron jam. There's a moment when he realizes that his cake that was in the oven, it wasn't, the oven wasn't on. (laughs) And he said that it's been 40 minutes. Yes. Which kind of set him back a bit because he didn't have that much time. And he was kind of like, rushing to finish after that but yeah 40 minutes is a long time for your cake not to be baking in the oven when you thought it was Mm -hmm. during judging paul says he lost a lot of detail in the house and paul directly asked him did you run out of time abdul says his oven wasn't hot which is you know he didn't really go into the story like he forgot to turn on the oven Mm -hmm. Um, however he said his cakes were delayed because of that paul says the chai is delicious and the bake is good However, uh, Paul and Priu both agree that they would like more detail. So I think they kind of know that like Abdul has a lot of promise. Mm-hmm. He kind of knows what he's doing. He just had, you know, forgot to turn on his oven this time. So in the future, I don't think that's going to be a problem for him. Hopefully yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what you're saying is if you forget to turn on your oven, it's okay. The first In the first episode. Is it? Up to a point. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Up to a point. Up to a point. Okay. 
All right, so up next we have Carol. She's making Little House in the Country. Compost, Carol. She says that, okay, so she's, they show her and she's doing coffee and walnuts. She says, who doesn't like that unless you're allergic to nuts? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I empathize to you out there who are <laughs> allergic to nuts. All right, so she's building her beloved bungalow using another one of her classic cake recipes. However, instead of adding real coffee to her buttercream and sponge, she's opted for a retro replacement, chicory. Chicory. So we learned that it's when you couldn't get coffee, she thinks. Maybe when the war was on, but Mm. she's not sure. However, are we currently in a time where we cannot get coffee? (laughs) (laughs) Like, why would we not just use Uh, coffee? Based on like Reb's signature, I'm pretty sure you could get coffee in the tent. Pretty sure. I just, <laughs> or maybe Rebs took all the coffee. <laughs> right. So all that was left was chicory. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> all right. During judging, during judging, Proof says it's beautifully neat and the piping is beautiful. Paul says that he loves the little pots around on the outside. It was really cool looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's quite powerful. The coffee, because it's not coffee, Paul. It's chicory, because <laughs> there is no coffee. Right. He says it's really powerful. He says that he's never had a coffee cake that strong before and that the (laughs) coffee is actually burning. It's not coffee, Paul. It's chicory. And he says, that's fascinating. Wow. (laughs) That was pretty funny. It was. So maybe coffee next time. I don't know. I know Rebs used coffee earlier. He's like, that's too strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of coffee, like a fine balance of coffee. Yeah. Overall, yeah. though, I liked her cake. I thought it I thought look, they looked neat. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Dawn. Dawn is making a Nan's house cake home. And uh, her Nan's house was where she was born, as well as her mom. The house is Pebble Dash. And she's going to recreate the Pebble Dash from Praline. Inside, there are apricot puree and German buttercream. And the sponge she is using is Genoese. And when she first describes her bake, she says, yeah, I'm using like 12 layers of Genoese sponge. Paul is kind of concerned because he knows that Genoese is a soft sponge. And he kind of relays that concern to her. She seems unfazed. (laughs) (laughs) During judging, Prue says it's absolutely charming. She loves the pebble dash, which turned out looking really good. Paul says it looks kind of wonky, but he thinks the house was actually wonky itself. Okay, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Um, she said she ended up with 11 layers. Um, I think one of the layers didn't work out for her. It was too light or something. Yeah, she fessed up. Yeah. However, um, the judges agree that it was brave for her to do Genoese sponge. And Paul says it is a fantastic cake. The sponge is well-baked. Well done. So, yeah, good job, Don. Mm-hmm. I like Don. Don is one of my favorites. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay, up next we have James. He's making the last house on the lock. <laughs> Do you know what that's play of? No, I don't. There's a movie called The Last House on the Left by Wes Craven. Oh. It's a horror movie from the, I think, late 60s. Oh. It's very gnarly. Is it? Yeah. I wouldn't recommend watching it this with uh, young new, children. With newborns? <laughs> yeah. No, definitely not. <laughs> All right. That's good to know. All right. This was inspired by his dad's cottage in Loch Fane. It's the first place he remembers getting terrified. <laughs> they watched a dra- they watched Dracula during which his dad wandered by with an axe outside the door. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was like a 4D experience. <laughs> Four, we hit 4D. 
Yeah. We hit 4D. 4DX. Yeah. Yeah, that, his ad seems like a hilarious guy. Yeah, that that is up for running for the <laughs> funniest part of the, show, <laughs> of the show. The cottage will contain orange curd and orange blossom buttercream spread between six thick layers of orange and cardamom sponge. During judging, Prue says that there's lots of skill he's showing off here. He's obviously very good at piping. However, the middle layer was compressed. Mm. Paul says there's so much buttercream, it's very claggy, and he thinks it's the weight. There's so mm. much buttercream on there that the sponge just can't hold it. He says it glues your mouth, which at the moment might be a good thing for you. <laughs> but the flavor is fantastic. Yeah. So a little bit mixed bag. Yeah, definitely. All right, next we have Yanush. He was making a home is where the flowers grow cake. Um, includes polished ginger. And there are oranges inside this chocolate cake. The cake is Christmas themed because that's where he spends his uh, Christmas holiday. It includes a nice garden balcony and that also has flowers. And at one point he's like, yeah, I'm going to add soy sauce because it brings out the flavor. I'm like, I never, I haven't seen that before, but that sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. During judging, the judges say they love the color and the vibrancy of his um, faux home. Especially like the the plants and the foliage that he created on that side. They said the decoration is beautiful and the piping is top notch. Prue says it's utterly delicious and she can't fault it. Paul says the textures are perfect and it's delicious, well done. Noel says it's a work of art. And we yeah, after seeing this pig, I was like, Yanush is looking very strong this season. He's got he's got that little something. Yeah, he he's Some kind extra. of like. Interesting ingredients. Yeah. And he's very good at decoration and piping. Yeah. So he's, I think he's going to go far. Agree. Agree. All right. Up next, we have Kevin. He's making a banana. That's my home. <laughs> what? It looked like home, but it had an A in it. I don't know uh, how you pronounce it. Um, do you know the Minions? Oh, no. Not personally. Oh, <laughs> well, I do. Okay. <laughs> Tell us about it. No, they just have a like a saying where they just go, banana. Oh, is that where ba that's from? I don't know. Do they I, also have a hem? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Not but the Minions movie came out recently. Oh, and, do you uh, think it's... Uh, banana. Oh. <laughs> I just wanted to say that on the podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, keep going. All right. Uh, it's is a childhood home with a roof made of spiced sugar biscuit. It will contain fresh banana <laughs> and maple buttercream between layers of his mom's pecan packed banana bread. Banana. Now, is he allowed to bring in his mom's actual pecan packed banana bread? I don't know. Okay. He probably baked it himself, right? Yeah. It's just her recipe. Mm -hmm. All right. During judging, Prue says it's a really good cake. Paul asks, Did you mean to burn the windows? Which, obviously, the answer is no, right? <laughs> <laughs> so why would you ask that, Paul? Rhetorical question, why Paul. Why would you ask that, Paul? Why would you ask rhetorical questions? <laughs> All right. He does say that the banana nut cake itself is delicious. And the only thing is to cut up the pecans more. They're too big. Mm. So he was trying to throw some texture up in there, but it was too much texture. Yeah. All right. Uh, next, we have MySim, who's making a mild, My Childhood Home Cake. So Maysim's childhood home is in Libya, and she takes inspiration from her favorite lemon tree that she had while she was growing up for her cake. Her cake is a lemon sponge with blueberry jam and colorful decorations. She's looking to show the judges that she can have finesse. 
as I kind of made some comments on her signature that um, she needed to make it look more presentable. Matt, at one point, there was a bunch of unused cake, and Matt's like, what are you going to do with this? And she's like, uh, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Matt asks her, what are you going to do with those discarded tissues on your table? And she says, oh, that's embarrassing. During <laughs> <laughs> uh, judging, the judges are not um, not impressed with the decoration. They say it's, it's not uh, not perfectly decorated, and it's a bit clumsy. She didn't. She kind of failed on the finesse thing that she was trying to prove to the judges. Mm-hmm. Paul says that the cake is very dense. However, the flavor is good. And they agree that they both like the flavors. However, the textures are wrong, and the decoration is too simple. So yeah, not not good for Mason. Yeah, rough start. Rough start. Week one. All right. Up next is Maxie. She's making at my mama's. It's the flat of her mom's block where she started baking. Her flavors will be inspired by a family favorite, which is her mom's apple and berry crumble. Hmm. So she will spread her mom's famous apple and berry compote with a crumble topping between layers of cinnamon sponge, which is kind of unique. During judging, Prue said that she obviously ran out of time because the piping was a bit clumsy. Mm -hmm. But while tasting, she said that she thinks she did a really good job. Well done. Paul said that he had never had crumble in a cake before. And that the crumble with the compote is just fantastic, and it works really well. So I think she hit the marks on flavor, but had a little bit difficulty because of time. I think a lot of them had some time issues the whole episode. Yeah, I mean, it's the first week, and they say time in the tent works differently than time at home. Yeah, a lot of nerves in play, right? Yeah, definitely. Next, we have Rebs. She's making a pina colada cottage, if you like pina colada. Mm Mm-hmm. Cottage. <laughs> it's her. She's recreating her parents' home, and her parents would often have cocktail nights. Sounds fun. She's using a rum-soaked coconut sponge. There's flambéed pineapple and a rum buttercream. She tells us it's really important to get the sponge right today because she overcooked it yesterday in both challenges. Um, at one point, at one point, um, her sponge comes out and it's a little undercooked. She has a little bit of a little um she has to take a minute to herself when she realizes the what she did and yeah it's it's, it's a little of a, of a tough situation that she kind of puts herself in mm-hmm. she's really worried however she's like you know what i can do i baked multiple um sponges and then since my bake already needs like a whole cut like a whole as a whole in one of the layers she's just gonna use a cutout from the well-baked sponge and put that into the other sponge so that that sponge comes off as being well-baked. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Like it was a cylinder of cake replaced. Yeah, she took out the, like she basically took out most of the middle of the cake that wasn't baked well. Yeah. And she took the other one and put it in there, which is pretty smart, you know? She's very resourceful. Yeah. Yeah, I think it kind of saves her. Um... During judging, very cool when she presents her bake. She has like a little, uh, like a little bottle, and she spr- yeah. <laughs> she, she spritz yeah. her she like she spritz a uh, coconut rum on her her home. Yeah, that was cool. And she says it's always raining in Ireland, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, uh, Paul says her cake reminds him of a rural cottage, which is very good. Prue says the details are lovely. Prue also says she loves the flavor. 
process the coconut and pineapple come through. They say it's overbaked a little, but not by much. And the flavors came through beautifully. Um, Rebs is so happy that she cries. <laughs> I think she kind of realizes that she might have saved herself with this showstopper. Mm-hmm. It was strange though, because it wasn't it wasn't she worried that it was underbaked? Yeah. And then they tasted it, and it and was overbaked. overbaked. Yeah. But I think what happened was she used the the layer that she thought was baked well, and yeah. maybe that one was overbaked. Too little, too well. Yeah. Mm. So maybe she's like overcorrecting. <laughs> okay. Which is understandable. True. Yeah. All right. Up next, we have Sandro. He's making the best time ever cake. Uh-oh. He tells a story of when he was younger, he'd go to his nan's for Christmas, and there'd be 70 of them. Have you ever had a Christmas gathering of 70 family members? No, I've only had that at work. Oh, okay. Oh, not 70 family members at work. I was like, just 70 <laughs> I was like wow, you yeah. work with your entire family? This is a pre-pandemic. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. So he will build his grandparents' home from strawberry sponge, which he'll soak strawberry liqueur for some extra Christmas spirit. So he's making a holiday cake here. Mm-hmm. Layers of fresh strawberries and chantilly cream. He said that he used to leave their Christmas parties with bags full of presents when they were younger. And now he can barely get socks. <laughs> and then Noel makes a smart point where he says, presents get worse as you get older. It's true. Hmm. Noel's right. Something to think about. Yeah. All right. During judging, Prue said that there's a lot of strawberries and cream. Paul says that the decorations are quite sweet, but he expected it to be a lot more detailed than it is. It's a little bit simplistic, and it doesn't bowl him over. Mm. And that there's not too much alcohol in there, or it's got too. Mu- Wait, he said there's not. It's got too much alcohol in there. Right. Prue said that she thought that she'd never hear her say this, <laughs> yeah. but he's right. Yeah. Sponge is lovely and soft, but somehow if you put booze in a filling, it's modified by the cake. But if it's in the cake, it's everywhere. So yeah. for the first time ever, is this the first time ever? Yeah. Prue says it's too, much too boozy. Yeah. yeah. The cake was way too lit. Yeah. Yeah. Never I mean, thought we'd come to that point. Yeah. <laughs> it must have been like you take a bite of it and you feel like woozy or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next we have Shabira who is making a cake called Happiest Childhood Memory. <laughs> um, she's using milk tea as her sponge, as the main flavor, which is very interesting because I love milk tea. Mm-hmm. Give me some of that milk tea. Boba, yum, 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 yum. She's also using matcha, matcha as a complimentary flavor. And I'm like, you know what? There are milk tea drinks where it's milk tea and there's a little bit of matcha in it. She knows what she's doing. Um, she uses the matcha in the form of a buttercream. She also uses strawberry and cinnamon jam. <laughs> At one point, no asked her if she lived somewhere fantastical, because that's what he <laughs> imagines. Oh, and he yeah. says, like, I can imagine you living in like, like a golden shoe. <laughs> <laughs> And she says she lived in a village where she would climb coconut trees because they saw monkeys do it and they figured they could do that too. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good quote. Uh, during judging, the judges says that her cake looks charming and there's good detail in it. Paul says the textures are beautiful. However, he did have one issue. There was no hero flavor. Um, hmm. He said all the flavors weren't strong enough and one of them like didn't stick out enough. I was like, okay, so that's a theme now. Because that's the second time we heard that this episode, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess they need a hero flavor to save them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, last but not least, we have Will. He's making the first London family home. He's making a chocolate cake 
which is slightly drier, which could be good for the structure. However, when I heard that, I was like, dry cake? Hmm. He's constructing his old North London flat from two sponges, one chocolate and one orange with architectural details made from gingerbread. I can't say that I did like the way that it looked, though. It looked really cool to me. Yeah. All right. So during judging, Paul said he, that it's over, he overbaked every layer. Yeah. So rough. he literally put his finger on each layer and, and said that they were all overbaked. The chocolate could have been more punchy. He loves the orange, but it, when it comes down to the bake for him, so it wasn't good. And then Prue said nothing. <laughs> they didn't even get to her. Yeah, they kind of glanced over his uh, judging, which is interesting. This is the one, too, where Noel would, like recognized the flat. Yeah. He was like, I know that flat. We live close to each other, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, that's impressive, no? <laughs> yeah, I would say so, but I guess it was overbaked. Okay, but yeah. still, just to know that <laughs> you're like, if you see that cake and you're like, we're neighbors. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's all the showstoppers, right? That is. Okay. We hear from some of the bakers after Yanush says, yeah, that's amazing feedback. Shabira says, it's fair. The cake looks lovely, but it doesn't have a punchy flavor. <laughs> punchy again. Will says, it could have been worse. I'm languishing a bit at the bottom. Mason says, I'm in danger. I don't know if I did enough to stay. Reb says, I'm very happy that it went as, as well as it possibly could have. I just hope it's enough. And uh, at this point, I was waiting for a roundtable to see what the judges kind of were talking about. No mm-hmm. roundtable. We go straight into judging or into results. Probably because at this point, it was like already an hour. <laughs> an hour <laughs> had passed in the episode already. Right. So um, you kind of see that Rebs is already comforting Mason. I think she really thinks she's going to go home. She was kind of crying. Yeah. And they announced Star Baker. And Star Baker is Janus. Very good job, Janus. Yeah. He's looking strong. Yeah, he's looking really strong. Mm. Mm. The only thing that was kind of like okay-ish was during the signature. He used the, um, what did he use too much for his block force cake? Let's look at the notes again. Da, 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 da. I was like, he did really well. In the technical, he did like. Well, his was a little too boozy for. Yeah, a little too boozy. For Paul. For Paul, but yeah. Prue said it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, his showstoppers, they said they couldn't fault it, so genius. Hmm. And then, you know, it's always rough. They always have to send someone home, even if it's the first episode. And unfortunately, that person this week is Will. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, all of his bakes, he didn't do that well. And it just wasn't his time. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it might have been nerves because it's the first episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a rough decision. Yeah. Will says, you know, some... Someone's got to go first, and obviously I'm disappointed, but I'm proud to have made it. There's a lovely bunch of people I met. I've got an experience I can talk about and share. I'm proud of that. So, you know, very good. Uh, Will's taking it very well. He has a good outlook. Mm-hmm. Mason says, I'm still here. I can't believe it. I will be neater next week. <laughs> and then Janu says, winning Star Baker on Cake Week means everything to me. I've cried so many times. And we get a funny little clip where Yunus calls his family and tells them, I won Star Caker in Bake Week. <laughs> no, wait. And then they, they kind of cut the credits. Which is funny. <laughs> Star Caker in Bake Week. Which is, you know, that's technically true too. Right. Uh, we get a little um, in loving memory of a producer who passed away mm. last year. And apparently um, her name is Chloe Avery and she helped design Signature and Technical Challenge. So, Wow. Um, yeah. 
RIP. Mm-hmm. And I think that is it for the episode. Yep. Shall we get into our segments? Let's do it. Do you remember what they are? <laughs> <laughs> we usually do our favorite bakes and then the funniest moment. Okay, favorite bakes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you can go first on favorite bake. Okay, my favorite bake is going to be Sandro's flower pots. That's pretty good. Those look really cool. And then when they cut them open, they looked even cooler. Yeah. <laughs> just all the little fillings inside. And then aesthetically on the outside, they just, I just like the idea. It was yeah. cool. You can, hand then, that, you can hand that to somebody. That yeah. Cool. It had sentimental value too. So yeah. overall, that was my favorite bake. Cool. I'm also going to go with a signature. I'm going to go with Abdul's Kiki Cacti. That was good. Because it looked really cool. It looked like, you know. Uh, a houseplant <laughs> and they also use chili in it which is interesting so I want to taste that and see how that kind of comes into play yeah yeah alright funniest moment okay correct me if I'm wrong but somebody did get a handshake this week and it was Paul he gave it to himself for his blueberry muffins that he made <laughs> was I wrong uh, yeah I guess so I didn't really think of it like that he but. did give himself a handshake <laughs> <laughs> You can't do that, Paul. <laughs> you can't be doing that, man. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then earlier in the app, I was talking about how I felt like Paul was kind of the star of the show. Okay. This is funny, yeah. but not funny. But when Maxie was all worried and she was pulling her her signature or her showstopper back to her bench, uh-huh. do you remember Paul yelled out boo to scare her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so cruel. Paul's a troll, man. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's, right? It's pretty funny. All right. And... <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of good things this episode, but yeah. for those reasons, I'm giving Paul. Paul, Paul, funny guy. This it's, the, it's the this Paul week. comedy hour yeah. in the big tent. Yeah, dark, yeah. dark comedy. <laughs> I'm into it. All right, that's fair, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my funniest moment was uh, with Noel and Maxi, because at one point Noel asked Maxi, "Who are you scared of more, Paul or Prue?" And she says, "Paul," and then. <laughs> No says, Paul has a tough exterior, like a crusty roll, but he's soft inside and is good with butter toasted. <laughs> and then there's like a little bit of it, like they're just kind of quiet for a second. And he goes, this has gotten weird, isn't it? <laughs> Which is uh, so, so glad to see Noel back making weird jokes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, one honorable mention for Noel when he and Sandro are talking about working out and he says he doesn't do cardio because <laughs> he doesn't have a heart. <laughs> He's like, forget cardio. That's pretty good. He don't have a heart. <laughs> that was good, right? That was good. That was good. <laughs> that was runner up for me as well. Oh my gosh. All right. All right. Um, so this season, we're doing Fantasy Bake Off. Yeah. We, we drafted some teams the last episode. Did you... You want to just review who we drafted? Yeah, just to recap the team. So Q had Will with his number one pick. <laughs> so he had Will, yeah. Maxi, Abdul, Myson, Don, and Yanush. Yeah. Yanush was your last pick. And man, man that, that was a golden, that was a, the steal of the draft, it seems like. Yeah, I, I had Yanush ranked second to last. And uh, yeah. I picked him up. And I'm so glad I did because uh, Will is no longer able to make any points for me. Yes. <laughs> So rounding up team M is Sandro, James, Rebs, Kevin, Carol, and I looked out with Shabira yeah, with my, with my last, steal of the show. She was the last pick it overall, was, yeah. and she came out she really strong technical. this episode. So. so just to recap for everyone, we're giving points out based on what they earn per week, and then that will add up uh-huh. week through week. So if anyone did get a handshake, in this case, it would only have been Paul. They would have got five points. <laughs> 
And then for a technical, we award. So in this case, there were 12 bakers. So first place got 12 points and then worked their way down. So Shabira got 12 points. Correct. And then for star baker, you get 10 points. So Shanus. for this week, Team Q is up 48 to 40. Yeah, boy. But next week, Team Q will be one baker down. Correct. So it could be an opportunity for Team M to make a comeback. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It made it a little more intense for me as I was watching. Oh. <laughs> then how I watched it is I watched the signature and the technical that I had to do some other stuff. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, man, this is not looking good. <laughs> oh, you're, doing, you're doing all right. The news kind of saved the, my team, but yeah. I had such high hopes for Will, but yeah. it didn't really work out. So the, the person that you thought was going to get first place. He's out. Was Will, right? <laughs> yeah. That I don't think that's ever happened before where we predicted no. that. This this is uh, kind of wild. Will was my uh, seventh place person. Okay. So we are both a little off on that. Yeah. But, I mean, our last place picks are coming through to save our teams. Yeah. All right. Anush and Shabira. So even though we have teams, we can still make predictions. predictions. So yep. let's do that really quick. Who is your star baker for next week? And we can't choose the star baker this Cannot week. Cannot choose Yanush. Do we know what next week is? Is it biscuits? I don't actually. I don't know what it so is. Usually it's biscuits and then week three is bread, but sometimes they like to make it more interesting. Um, Let's hope it's not Japanese week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Abdul. Really? Yeah. I thought for sure you are going with Shabira. Oh, that's a good choice too. But I think uh, I have a good feeling about Abdul when it comes to like decorating. Okay, so I think you're, it's, yeah. you're sticking with Abdul? Yeah, and he did really well this episode. The only thing that messed him up was because he left, he didn't turn on his oven. But right. I think, I think he actually, like, he did that, he would have been a contender for Star Baker. Okay. Gosh, I am, I f- I'm going to stick with, I'm going to go with Sandro. Sandro, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, who's going home next week? I mean, if we were to pick who's the who's most likely going to the gym and getting gains, <laughs> I'd, I'd pick Sandra. Okay. <laughs> that guy is ripped, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> that guy is. Oh wait, that's not what we were going for. That guy has hashtag goals. <laughs> Shall I go back to Shabira then? <laughs> no, that's right. uh, who's going home next week? Right. Yeah. I don't. Hmm. I mean, Rebs had some trouble this week, so did Mason. But I think they'll bounce back. I like James a lot, but he he kind of didn't do well this episode. So you think James? Yeah, I think I think Shabira and Rebs um, did pretty bad this episode. That's gonna scare them into like like you know having like a comeback story next episode. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if James. Did that bad this episode, but I think he might not do that great episode. I'll go with James. Yeah. Okay. James was my number two pick overall mm. um, for overall rankings. James yeah. was your number six guy. Okay. I am going to go with. Man, I wanted to say Mason, but. I'm going to say Abdul. <laughs> what? You're saying the person that I think is going to be Star Baker is going home next week? 
Yeah, I'm basing that on the fact that you picked Will. <laughs> That's <laughs> this fair. Week one. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I, I can I can respect that. <laughs> In, inverse, inverse, the inverse playoff. I have no idea. Fair. I'm just going. <laughs> All right, those are our predictions. Then Oof. Abdul and Sandro for the win. Unfortunately, we have to pick someone that's going to possibly go home. Yep, James and Abdul. Uh, the good thing is uh, neither of us are usually correct, so we'll see. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. It's usually somebody else. It's gonna be like I don't know, Kevin or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out. So tune in next week when we cover the next episode. We are very excited to be back covering this season at Bake Off and talking about it with you all. Please check us out on our Instagram at Quick Mix Podcast, and yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We can't wait to talk about the next episode with you and see who's right and wrong about who's Star Baker and going home. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.